From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged episode 331 for the week of August 14th, 2014. Today, I'm your host, Mary Jo Mulatto Willie, and joining me is none other than Charles Phoenix, who is known for giving presentations about California and other parts of the U.S. and injecting his own special style of humor in these presentations. Hi, Charles. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us today. I've uh, been looking forward to talking to you. I've seen three of your presentations. Um, two of them were the Anaheim one that was Disneyland specific for Dapper Days, and oh, I yeah. went the, the retro, the retro Disneyland flight show. Yeah, yes, that was a lot of fun, and and I, you have us laughing so much, so I really um, enjoy it. I also went on your field trip to see the Carpenters, where they grew up and where they became famous here in down Downey, Los, um, Downey, California. Yes, the brother and sister singing duo, yes, from the early 70s, yes. They're, they're legendary and iconic, and I will always and forever be huge fans of the Carpenters. I love that you do that. Um, before we get started into what you do today, I, I would really like to know a little bit more about you and um, ask you how, how you got started. Are you from California originally? I am. I grew up in Ontario, California. My dad was a used car dealer. My mother was a stay-at-home. And, um, you know, I just kind of had, you know, there was nothing really extraordinary about my childhood except for the fact that we lived in Southern California. And we did all the Southern California things. And the superstar of all of the Southern California things to do, of course, would go to Disneyland. And my mother, yeah, my mother loved Disneyland. And so we went there a lot. And uh, I mean, a lot in those days, you know, we're talking 60s and 70s. A lot in those days would be, you know, three or four times a year. Basically, that, that was a lot in those days. A lot now is like, you know, every weekend. Um, right. But... Yeah, and, uh, you know, so uh, growing up on the used car lot, uh, I was very interested in old cars. Disneyland had a tremendous influence on the way that I saw the world and themed environments. And so, you know, even as a even as a young kid, I was driving around going, you know, we're like, oh, this is so Frontierland, or this reminds me of Tomorrowland, or, you know, if we went to a tiki Polynesian restaurant or whatever, I'd be sitting there going, gosh, this reminds me of Adventureland, you know, oh, and so everywhere it, I went, I could, I could, you know, kind of put in the category of Disneyland or, you know, one of the realms. And okay. so, you know, it, it really influenced the way I see the world as an adult. And um, so, yeah, and then I started collecting other people's old slides as a result of thrift shopping. And um, how did you, how did you start that? Well, it, it also, I started thrift shopping when I was 14 years old. I was already interested in, in old cars because my dad had used car a lot. So I liked old things. Or, you know, they weren't that old then. But <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. I started thrift shopping when I was 14 years old. And the reason why I started thrift shopping 
is, oh, I know the reason why, is because it's a story that I tell at my uh, retro slideshow performances. It's because, duh, I should remember it. I tell it all the time. <laughs> um, I was cast in a play in my local hometown of Ontario, California. The play was Oklahoma. And um, I I was, um, um, I, I, they said, you need a cowboy shirt. And I said, I don't have a cowboy shirt. We're not a Western family. And they said, well, there's a thrift store across the street. If you'll go over there, we're sure, we are sure you will find the cowboy shirt you need so you can be in this show. So I went over there, and I found not only a cowboy shirt, I found a whole new wardrobe, which oh, was way wow. more interesting than I anything I'd ever found at the Husky Boy Department at Spears. <laughs> so there my thrift shopping habit started. I started first buying vintage clothes. And then when I moved out to L.A. from Ontario, California, my hometown, when I was 19, I furnished the apartment in, you know, a mix of Western ranch and Chinese modern, which was all mid-century, you know, and was very, very uh, accessible then in thrift stores. And, you know, back then, everybody thought all this stuff was so tacky. Now, of course, it's super <laughs> valuable. Um, but, you know, and I spent a long, a long time, you know, telling everybody, you know, someday this stuff's all going to be worth a lot of money. And they're like, oh, no, it's junk. But I knew better. And um, so then, um, you know, the years went by and I became a fashion designer and I kept shopping. But one day I found a box of other people's slides, Kodachrome slides from the 19, 1957. In fact, the box was marked Trips Across the United States, 1957. And Treasure so I... Yeah, it was a treasure trove of someone's trip, and I, I held up the images, and I'm like, it's all the stuff I love, vintage cars, vintage architecture, and, um, you know, vintage clothes, everything. I had no idea that that one box of other people's old slides that I found in the thrift store, I never realized that was going to be such a faithful day, and that that box of thrift, store, of thrift shop slides was going to change the course of my life. But I started collecting other people's old slides like crazy, Started having slideshows on my in my living room for friends because I kept on collecting other people's old slides, and um, pretty soon someone said, you know, people would pay for this. So I thought, you know, I'm going to go out and and start doing this, and I have, and I've been doing it. That was um, how many years ago? That was 16 years ago. I started started doing retro slideshows, and since then I've been, you know, inspired by the slides to kind of make recipes that I saw or, you know, food that I saw on a slide. So, therefore, sprouted my Charles Phoenix Test Kitchen. And um, I also got inspired to go on road trips, to go in search of places that wow. I found in slides to see if they were still there. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, so um, the, that one box of, of slides, that I found, Mark Trip Across the United States, 1957, changed the course of my life. That's amazing. And, yeah, and so it's been, you know, me now celebrating classic and kitschy American life and style is the way I explain what I do. I mean, I do several things, but, um, I mean, you know, I, I'm a performer, I, I make up recipes, and I'm a, I'm a, I always say, what do I say? I say I'm a photo collector, food crafter, and field tripper. I was going to ask if there is a... Classic. If but, there's a, a, title, a title that you would call yourself, what would it be? Because you do so many different things. Well, you know, I, I, you know, it's been a tough one, actually. But, you know, one day somebody said, you're the ambassador of Americana. And I said, I'll take that. 
I love I've that. I've been called the king of kitsch. I've been called the, the king of Kodachrome. Um, but I will take Ambassador of America. I'll take them all. But um, I, I like Ambassador of Americana. I mean, you know, what I do, even though, you know, my shows are, are um, comedy shows, really, but they're basically history lessons completely disguised as humor. And I think the reason why audiences have reacted to what I do so fondly is because, you know, I really don't, I mean, I, I'm celebrating it and putting it in a very positive context and, you know, really kind of respecting our culture at the end of the day. I mean, you know, it's we live in a pop culture society and we have for, you know, many decades now. And, and you know, there's there gets... There was a time where mid-century culture was very disrespected and, right. you know, we were all just so spoiled that we just thought it was, you know, tacky because it was everywhere and omnipresent and ubiquitous. But now enough time has gone by where collectively as a society, I see that people are really beginning to, uh-oh, I got a, I'm getting a call now. Boy, we're, we're full of spontaneity here. Yeah, um, but yeah. anyway, I was just going to tell you that... Um, yeah, I mean, collectively as a society, I mean, mid-20th century American pop culture is the ultimate. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's the, it's the cultural juggernaut of Americana. It really is. And it's, it's, it's world-class. Well, what and I like about your presentation... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. Well, what I was going to say, what I like about your presentations is you actually do research behind some of these slides that you show us. And... Kind of like the um, Paul Harvey where, and now you know the rest of the story. I kind of get that yeah. feeling from your slideshows because yeah, of everything I mean, that I you're showing I try to us. do a little research. I try to do a little research. I mean, basically, you know, I find that, um, you know, we basically need kind of three facts, three little bits of trivia um, and, you know, of three little beats of humor. I'm basically selling, as I said, I'm selling history as humor is what I'm doing. And I would sell it as history, but humor is, I have found, is much more valuable than history, um, you know, if you want to sell tickets. So this and, is my livelihood. Um, uh, doing these retro slideshows is, and the tours that I do of downtown Los Angeles, the Disneyland tour of downtown LA, that is my livelihood. I, this is my day job and my night job. So, so let I me ask you really dedicated my life to it. Yeah, what? I leave that. Let me ask you, how did you go from fashion designer to totally changing your lifestyle to presenting uh, retro America to the rest of us? Well, it all kind of started. I was a fashion designer um, in the eighties and it was really good. I mean, it was a great, I had three really strong jobs. I was really lucky and the pay was good, and I got to travel and everything. But at the end of the day, I kind of realized that mm. I was living this whole side life, which was thrift shopping and flea markets and, and all that. And that was, you know, in vintage cars and vintage clothes. And in the 80s, that was not, you know, it was not really, I mean, people So I just started thinking to myself, all these people that I'm working with, they're also pretentious. I mean, it was all about designer labels then and what kind of, you know, do you have a BMW or a Mercedes? And I was driving a 58 Oldsmobile station wagon and wearing mm -hmm. shop clothes. And 
you know, I was good enough, good enough at my job that I was able to kind of, you know, get away with it. But they all kind of looked at me half cross-eyed. So finally I just thought, <laughs> I'm not into this anymore. I'm going to buy and sell classic cars. So I did spend between fashion designer and, um, between fashion designer and, um, you know, doing, being the ambassador of Americana or whatever, <laughs> uh, I bought and sold classic cars. I'm also, by the way, in case I didn't mention it, completely obsessed with classic cars. I wow. was born that way. So, yeah, I, I totally. Well, you were, you were born into the right family then if you lived in the used car lot. and I know. Lacking the, the classic cars. Oh, my gosh, and the I know. Um, let me ask you another question. You're talking about how you like to do the recipes that you see in these, is it the slides that inspired you to start doing recipes or where did you, where did that come from? You know, the way that I started making up recipes in the kitchen is because I wanted to recreate some of the, well, there was one thing, first of all, in the slides, here's, here's how it really started. The Charles Phoenix test kitchen started because I kept finding mid-century Kodachrome slides where people were eating and they had ambrosia. I remember that. Ambrosia is basically, uh, at its core, um, it's fruit cocktail, well, 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 well drained. It's <laughs> little mini marshmallows, coconut, and Cool Whip. And that's ambrosia. At least that's my take on it. Everyone's kind of different. But I didn't grow up eating that for some reason. That was not on any, any um, tabletop in my family. So... I thought, I'm going to make ambrosia. I'm going to make ambrosia because I keep seeing it. I'm going to serve it at a slideshow. So I did, and everyone, like, totally gobbled it right up. And so I thought, well, that was fun. And then the next thing, it was Christmas, and there was a, um, uh, in a picture, there was a styrofoam cone, about 18 inches, 18 inches tall, covered with tinfoil, spiked with um, multicolored toothpicks, each one with a little savory bit, like, um, there were little olives and, you know, who knows what, little veggies. And, and oh, and of course, what am I thinking? Astroweenie, um, I mean, cocktail weenie. So oh. I said, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to call it the Astroweenie Christmas Treats. I made a video <laughs> showing how to do it and everything, and th that kind of took off as the cult kind of thing. And then I think I made up a couple of other recipes that weren't even related to what I saw on slide, but it just kind of started me in the kitchen because... I love to cook. I mean, I'm, I don't know how to cook. I mean, I do kind of know how to cook, but I don't at the same time. So I'm dangerous enough to not use a recipe. I don't like to cook with recipes. That is of no interest to me at all. I make up my own recipes. So you do creative exploring have. in the kitchen then? Yeah. So I came up with another recipe that also kind of became a cult favorite called the Chirpumple. That's a three-layer cake. Each layer has a pie baked into it, the cherry, pumpkin, and apple. Sure, pump bowl. Those are the three pies that you bake into three separate layers of, you know, a layer cake. And that became a thing. And so I just kind of got rolling to where I was doing these, um, you know, these food crafts and really getting into it and loving it. So I love food crafting. I love field tripping. And I love collecting other people's old slides. That's awesome. So between the uh, road tripping and collecting the which you see around the uh, U.S. in the kitchen, what's, which do you prefer to do for fun for you? All of it. I love it. All of it. All of it. All of it. All of it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, I love nothing more than um, going on a road trip in search of classic and kitschy American life and style, and I've been 
you know, privileged to go to many, many cities across the United States to do my retro slideshow. And there's stuff every town has like, you know, I always look for, you know, the old candy store, the old bowling alley. Do they have a miniature golf course? I mean, you know, mom and pop businesses, vintage neon signs, the old hamburger stand, you know, the local landmarks. I look for, I, I go in search of what makes that city unique and what makes it different from the city that I live in. And, you know, I live in L.A., so L.A. is huge. But when you go to a Tulsa or a Fort Lauderdale or a Denver or a Portland or, you know, wherever, Salt Lake City, these are cities that are, small compared to LA and you can explore them in just a few days. And, you know, I pretty much, I do my research and then people, when I get there, they're like, well, we know what you like. You know, you said you want to go visit this, this and that, but do you also know about that, that and this, you know? So, um, I'm lucky to have, you know, a tour guide just appear in front of me virtually every city that I go to. So we live in a wonderland to discover. There's something interesting around every corner no matter where you go. I mean, that's the way I live my life. I'm like a kid in a candy store, and the world is like one great big theme park. That's awesome. I know know that you said that you like all of it. Has there ever been one thing that you have found in any of the cities or on the roadways that you said, oh, my gosh, wait till I tell them about this? Is there Are there any of those that that stand out in your That's what I go for everywhere. I mean, you know, I recently did a show in Anaheim. I mean, since we're talking about Disneyland, and I call a, a retro slideshow, I called it Anaheim Land, the Magic Kingdom inside and out. And basically, the second act was all vintage mid-century Kodachrome slides of Disneyland. The first act was all of the classic, you know, things around Disneyland in Anaheim a lot that are still there and some stuff that I found vintage images of that isn't, like some of the old motels and stuff, but some of them are still there. And I went in search of what was unique and different, what remains of all those classic, you know, themed mid-century motels that were around Disneyland that have all been put and mowed down. But there are some things that are left, some incredible things. Like for one, for example, the best thing of all is the most extreme of all of the old motels was called Stovall Space Age. Wait, what was it called? Oh, yes. I'm like, Stovall Space Age Inn. Um, anyway, and they had a, it was all very, very Tomorrowland. Let's, you know, Tomorrowland on like crazy steroids. Um, <laughs> but I um, saw an old picture of the um, topiary garden there. They had a topiary garden. And I, much to my surprise, when I went exploring, the topiary garden is still there now. That's it's amazing. one of the great topiary gardens of the world. And it's in Anaheim, and nobody, you know, you don't really know about it unless you stay at Stovall's now. Of course, they've totally uh, washed away all the Tomorrowlandness of Stovall's Space Age Inn. I, in fact, it's now just called Stovall's Inn or something like that. But um, anyway, but the topiary garden is still there in perfect condition. And, you know, I also love it um, around De- around Disneyland in Anaheim. The Chicken Pie Shop is an old chicken pie shop diner where they have a bakery. It's been open since 1956. It's googie. It's relatively unchanged. It's amazing. I love the, um, the, uh, the original Pancake House, which has been there since 1958. You know, when you walk in the door, it's like, you know, blur your eyes slightly. You will still be in 1958. There's an incredible <laughs> florist 
in Anaheim that is amazing called um, Vissers. Flora, oh. they've been there since like 56. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, I, I just make it a point to go and search of unique, mostly mom and pop businesses, basically. I mean, you know, I'm not going in search of what's the same in every community as I'm going in search of what's different. And my, my retro slideshow performances reflect, you know, what I find in the area that I'm performing in. So nowadays my shows are generally a mixture, not always, it depends, but um, a mixture of my food crafting, my field tripping, and vintage images, uh, vintage Kodachrome slides from my collection. So, yeah, and, and over the years now, I've been collecting uh, Kodachrome slides since 1992, so that's 22 years. I have a, a wow. huge archive. And, um, you know, one of my favorite subjects to find, of course, is Disneyland. It's, you know, one of the Holy Grail subjects, of course. And, um, yeah, of course. And uh, speaking of Disneyland, I have to tell you, just the other night, um, I'm not sure when this interview is going to air or whatever. I guess it'll stay online or whatever for a while. But just the other night, I got invited to the opening night of Club 33. Did you really? I couldn't believe it. They called me up, my friends, my friends who are members, they called me up like, you know, three days before and they're like, oh, what are you doing on Friday night? Do you want to join us for dinner at Club 33? It's the opening night. I'm like, ah. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, thank you. I'm so glad So we went there. Yeah, it was, it's, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. The food was incredible. It was, it was, the service was amazing. The new jazz lounge or whatever they call it um, is amazing, and it was just I felt like I felt like it was a private club, and everybody kind of knew everybody, and you know some people recognized me and knew me, but um, you know a lot of people it was they know each other, but I didn't know all of them. But it was like a big giant party, and um, uh, I was thrilled. I had been I have the privilege of being invited to Club Thirty Three twice before, once about about 13 years ago, I think, got the worst food poisoning of my life Oh, there. and you, you chanced it yeah, again. That, well, I've been once since, but, you know, that was a one-time only thing, I'm sure. And Anyway, I have to say, though, I mean, the food was, I mean, it's all very fine, chefy chef kind of, you know, uh, highfalutin, high society, more sophisticated than I really am food. But, you know, of course, I tried to be as prim and proper and dignified and poised as possible <laughs> when being there in the club, A, and then when eating, you know, I like, no, this is in a really nice restaurant now. I have to use the, you know, the, the knife and fork the exact way that my grandparents taught me, you know, when we were like, <laughs> you know, me and my brother, like, this is the way you eat properly. You know, of course, now I just, you know, like everyone, we eat like slobs. But, you know, there was a time when your grandparent would teach you how to eat properly. That's so right. I ate that way. I was so dignified and poised and proper and sophisticated. I loved every minute of it. That's awesome. So that was fun. That was fun, yeah. But, you know, I have to say that in, in reality of Disneyland, you know, it, it's been a fixture in my life. Um, it's been an inspiration to me. Um, it's been, it's basically, you know, short of Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving and 4th of July, it's, it's, well, actually it's the best family moments of my life with my family because, 
you know, now they're, you know, another generation. But um, it, it's the one place that we all go as a family where everybody is virtually on the same playing field. I mean, everybody kind of gets to say, I want to do this. I want, you know, everyone gets well, to true. kind of put in their request. And then everybody gets their request. You know, it's not like Thanksgiving where, you know, the my mother or my aunt or whatever is like, you know, they're in charge. You know, basically you're going to eat when they say, you're going to eat what they eat. You know, I mean, at Disneyland, everybody kind of gets to agree collectively no matter what generation you are. So it's the one time where we have the strongest family bond. That's it neat. really is. We don't go anywhere else as a family where we have that kind of bond. Plus, you know, I'm, I'm standing there looking at my mother and my aunt and, and my cousin and that I grew up going there with. And, and now there's, you know, a new generation. And, and it's like, you know, I, I can remember getting on and off those rides, you know, when I was a little kid and when my mother and my aunt were young, you know, and it's like, it's just kind of your every age you ever were, you know? And so that's also part of the joy of Disneyland is, you know, when I walk through the door or the gate, um, I feel ageless. I feel I feel like I was. I feel like I'm every age that I ever was, and there's something very magical about that. And uh-huh. I don't really get that feeling anywhere else, you know. So I love to look through the layers of time everywhere I go. And Disneyland, you know, it's amazing to look through the layers of time there and see how much is original, and you know how they've enhanced it over the years. I mean. Um, you know, it's, it's a garden, it's a nature's wonderland, a nature's garden wonderland now. And, you know, I mean, I always, as far as I know, from what I heard, they have more attractions. Disneyland is the smallest of all the Disney theme parks yet has the most attractions. I also, I, I think that's true. Um, you know, I'm not an expert on Disneyland. I just, you know, I, I you know, I, I always say that, you know, I'm not an expert, but, you know, I've been there enough times to know a few things. Um, and you have a love for it, so. Yeah, oh, totally. I mean, I'm like, it's it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, unless it's like 110, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's, it's great. And I try to pace myself so I don't go there too much, you know. So I think I go to Disneyland only every, you know, 11 weeks. Ish. Okay, but in, so you go enough to keep it a little still a little bit fresh for you, but you're seeing all the changes that go on there, and you're getting that atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. And you so, um, you know, there was something else I was going to say about Disneyland, and now I forgot what it was. Oh, 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 oh. The other thing is, and I never let anyone get away with it's too expensive. I mean. If you are of the means to afford Disneyland, which obviously not everyone is, I get that, but many people are. But for those people to say to me that, oh, it's overpriced, it's like, are you joking? Where else on earth can you go and get that much entertainment for that much money? Nowhere. It's true. Um, you know, it costs that, it costs $135 to see a Broadway show. And that's just for a couple of hours. Exactly. So I don't really take anybody saying it's overpriced. That doesn't really work with me. I mean, it's just, you know, no, it's not. It should be more. I'm surprised it's not. I'm surprised no, it's sh- not 275 <laughs> I'm surprised it's not $275 just to get in the door. That's the value, really. right? I mean, it's, 
it's priceless. There is no value. It's priceless. It's priceless memories. It's priceless pop culture. It's priceless art and craft and style and design and just experience. I love it. What can I say? Yeah. It, when they say have a magical day, they truly do mean it when you're at Disneyland. Cause that's I know. The, and, and that you know, I've been in enough mm-hmm. other places to realize that they just nowhere else give you that amount of detail. I mean, it's, yes. you know, it's, it's the detail, you know, the, and the attention to it. And that's what Disneyland does, does give you. Um, so I know that you've written books, um, Southern California in the 50s. You have another one, Sun, Fun, and Fantasy, which I have, uh, Southern California Land. Are you planning on doing, and America the Beautiful, Americana the Beautiful. Um, are you planning on doing any books about Disneyland? And You know, no, I'm not. Um, you know, it's just a little too big of a, of a topic to cover. Um, I I. I think the best book about Disneyland, in my opinion, is um, The Nickel Tour. That's that's really the book for me about Disneyland. But, no, I, I have no plans to do a book about Disneyland. Um, so if people want to get your impressions, then they need to go to your slideshow. Well, they do. And plus they can see in my book, Southern California in the 50s, there's a whole chapter on Disneyland. So okay, well, there you that, go. That's yeah, that's, and then, um, yeah, that's the place to find it. So in California in the 50s, it's totally available on Amazon. And I usually have it for sale at my slideshow, so I, I do highly recommend it. That's the next one I'm going to get. Um, I noticed that you do a lot of public appearances um, in addition to doing your own shows that you, I, you were at Nosbury Farm when they did their opening, right, this this past year? Uh, I was there hosting the opening of the log ride last February. Okay. I remember when that, that happened. I was thinking, oh, good for you. And you've been on Queen Latifah, Martha Stewart. Um, you, you, didn't you show one of your recipes on Conan O'Brien? Yeah, I've been on Conan twice. I was on Martha twice, and I've been on Queen Latifah twice. So okay. it's, you know, it's it's funny to be on TV like that. It's just so surreal, you know. <laughs> it really is when you're like got Martha Stewart, you know, a foot in front of you, like going, wow, I'm sitting here with Martha Stewart, you know, That's who would have ever cool. thunk it. But, but, you know, it's like um, I, I, it took me a while to have the confidence to get up in front of people and assert my opinion and you know, tell the world what I really thought about everything. And, you know, when I really got the nerve to do it, I realized, you know, what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it was a very positive, upbeat message that paid tribute to classic and kitschy American life and style. And okay. it's, it's a tribute to not only is it a tribute to that, but in reality, it's a tribute to all of us. And it's a tribute to the people who did it, made it. You know, and, and that's us. That's our parents and our grandparents. And, you know, I mean, we lived it. They lived it or whatever. I mean, you know, if you're too young, you know, you, you didn't live it. But we're still living it. You know, I mean, we're living strains of it. So that's what I do. I, I mean, I'm, I guess they don't call me the ambassador of Americana for nothing. And I'm very proud of that. And I, I you know, I respect that. And I respect I respect Americana. (laughs) 
I and I, and you share it with us, which I really really love. And I know that you're in August. You said that one show was sold out. You're going to be doing another one, and it's called Disneyland the, Tour of Downtown Los Angeles, right? Yes. The retro. The, no way. What, what am I calling it? It's a tour, a field trip tour, the Disneyland tour of Downtown Los Angeles, where I prove we don't have Disneyland. We have two. And awesome. there on that tour, we have we see Union Station. We tour Union Station. It's a six-hour tour. We tour Union Station. We go. We tour Alvera Street, Old Chinatown. Um, we go to the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. We go to the Bradbury Building. We go to the Grand Central Market. We used to draw a ride on Angel's Flight, but it doesn't work right now. We go oh, to California Plaza. We go to Walt Disney Concert Hall. We go to, did I say, Carroll Avenue. So I kind of Disneyland categorized different places in downtown L.A. We used to go to Clifton, which was the frontier land, but it, mm. it uh, is currently closed for renovation. So um, there is one other frontier land place downtown that we drive by, the um, Log Cabin, formerly called the Log Cabin Cafe, which is a little food stand, which is in the shape of a log cabin from 1930. Oh. So, yeah. Okay, and this show's going to be on August 31st, and how would people get tickets to go? Um, they go on my website, charlesphoenix.com, and um, they click on field trips or live events, whatever it is under, I should know. And um, <laughs> Upcoming they, live events, I think it is. Yeah, and I'm just about to get a whole new website, so it might, I think on that new website, it's going to fall under live events, so I don't know when you're listening to this, everyone, but hopefully August. the website will be launched by then. Um, so yeah, so it's a really fun tour. It's very upbeat. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a day and, uh, it's, you know, it's fun and, uh, it's fun and light and you get to experience downtown Los Angeles for six hours with me showing and telling you what details and, and what places that I like and recommend and, and we experience them and, you know, I show you what the there there is in all these different places. So it's great. I it's fun. I would say that the only caution I would say to going to anyone if your presentations are if you do not like to laugh, then be careful. Otherwise, your sides will start hurting from laughing so much. And I know that from personal experience. Well, I'm glad that I made you laugh so hard that you hurt. (laughs) And and you, I also, it's a good hurt and it's a, a happy hurt. And like you said, the um, I think the pure joy that you have in sharing Americana with the rest of us comes through and it's infectious because some of the things that you, you, like you said, you teach history through humor. And I know that some of the things that you said, I remember and, and I always give like a little nod when I pass by things that you've talked about and remember just the way that you said it. So it's, it's, it stays with us. I know that people can follow you on Facebook also. Oh, um, yes. Please do. Please do. And Instagram. And Okay, and Instagram. I didn't know about that. And I and noticed Twitter. that on your... Go ahead. And Twitter. And Twitter. Oh, I need to follow you on Twitter then. Um, I love your website. It's very dynamic. I know that people can get recipes. You have interviews on YouTube. And there's lots... It's It's a fun website to explore. Yeah, you can watch my Test Kitchen videos and and see vintage slides and my commentary on them and it's, you know, it's upcoming events and everything. So it's awesome. Yeah. I didn't really sign up for keeping up a website, but it's part of reality. So it's what you got to do, of course. Yeah. 
Well, I certainly appreciate it. And what we'll do is in our show notes for this interview, we'll go ahead and we'll put links to your website for the tickets for the show and also your Twitter and Facebook and Instagram accounts so that people can make it easier for people to follow you. Sure. Great. Thank you so much, Mary Jo. I really appreciate it. Love it. Um, Is there anything else that we should know or that you'd like to add? You know, um, keep a, keep an eye out for my retro holiday slideshows coming up this season. Mm-hmm. Um, my roller skating um, event that I'm going to be doing. I'm not sure when. I just did one, the Moonlight Rollerway Jubilee, where we have a big roller skating review show, and then everyone roller skates. That's fun. Oh, um, fun. Where do you tours. do that? That's in Glendale at the Moonlight Rollerway. That's a lot of fun. That's the best preserved classic roller rink in all of Southern California. Wow. And um, so that's a lot of fun. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do a bunch of different stuff, and I want to do more, and I'm, you know, trying to do, um, you know, more video content so it can actually go on TV and stuff like that. And So, yeah, it's uh, the mood is up. It's the standard of living is going to happen. So it's all good. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I um, really in, had fun talking to you and learning a little bit more about you. Well, I'm so delighted that you called and that you, uh, I'm delighted to be on your program. And uh, hello to everyone, all the listeners and everything. Um, remember, we live, like I said, we the world is like a giant, giant theme park, and there's something interesting around every corner, no matter where you go. It's a wonderland to discover. So open your eyes, look around, and cherish what's unique, and go there and do business there, because they need us. They need us. It's true. And spread the word. Spread the good word. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Mary Jo. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Disney Disneyland Edition. Thanks for listening. 